0: The Old Premeds Podcast, session number two. You're a non traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, or you're changing careers right now. You're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your question and help educate you on your journey to becoming a physician. As you can tell, my little intro ran a little bit longer than the music, and that's okay. This is only the second episode, and I'm learning and reworking the intro every time until we get something nice. Anyway, welcome back to the old pre-meds podcast. If you haven't listened to session one about who we are, who I am, and who uh, Rich is, then go back and listen to session one. You can find that at opmpodcast.com slash one. You can find this one at opmpodcast.com slash two, and that will take you to the, uh, po- the specific blog post for these episodes. For all future episodes, you can do the same thing. This episode will be a nuts and bolts episode. We're going to actually dive into the forums over at oldpremeds.org and pull a question from the forums and answer it. This one is going to be a common question that comes up when you're dealing with non traditional students, and that is, what age is too old for medical school? Now, I was posting something in Facebook recently about how um, I am taking over um, the old pre-meds website. And the question was brought up, what is considered old for old pre-meds? And the answer is, there really isn't an age that's considered because it's really old pre-meds. It's it's a non-traditional. If you didn't do things the normal route, going straight from high school to college to medical school. And so we're going to answer that question right now. Let's welcome Rich. How you doing today Rich? I'm doing fine yourself Dr. Gray. I'm doing okay. We're on to episode two of the Old Premeds podcast. If you haven't listened to number one our intro episode go back and listen to that. You can get it at oldpremeds.org or you can go to opmpodcast.com slash one. Rich, today we're going to talk about a very basic question for a non-traditional student. And that question is, what age is too old for medical school? So let me read the question that was uh, posted on the form, and then we'll talk about it. Okay. It says, I'm a 47-year-old female seriously contemplating going back to med school. I'm currently practicing as a family nurse practitioner. My desire is really strong, but I don't want to put in all that effort if my age is going to be a major factor in the admission process. I'm looking at attending an osteopathic school of medicine. Does anyone know of any person in med school remotely close to my age? Am I crazy? Question mark. Hmm.
1: Well, in some respects, anyone wanting to go to medical school should be a little bit crazy to go there. But age is really not a factor at this point. Um, there are about a thousand people a year over the age of 30 who matriculate every year into an allopathic medical school. So that's about 5% of the total number of students who start a year. Of that, about 1%, or about 200, are the age of 35. For the DO schools, you get about 350 people a year over the age of 31 who start osteopathic school. And we certainly have had people in their 40s and even their 50s. Um, AMC reported a few years ago about 10 to 12 people a year over the age of 50 start medical school. One of our recent um, success stories, Lysha Heeden. I always say her name incorrect, she was a nurse midwife who recently graduated from the West Virginia School of Osteopathic Medicine at the ripe young age of 57 mm. and she's gone on to a residency in family practice medicine now certainly one piece that people do worry about is there any bias that goes on with this age because there's always question that comes up people who don't get into med school and what i have found so far most of the data suggests within a broad age range the percentage of applicants is nearly the same as the percentage who get accepted So therefore, in that range, we're getting what would be expected, same age range of the applicants, same age range of the matriculants and percentages. There is one exception to this, as I find people who are, we'll call, quote, um, much older than a typical applicant, that is 40 plus, they seem to be less represented, but until I actually look at some of the data that controls for other factors like GPA, MCAT score, I don't really think there is a bias of any kind going on. I think it's more has to do with it's more difficult to prepare, get the grades, get what you need to get done when you're working full-time, have a family, et cetera. I think that's much more of a factor. Um, certainly a lot of people who have been successful in other medical careers, such as we said, uh, nurse midwife, nurse practitioner, uh, plain nurse, PhD researchers have also been successful in getting to medical school at 40 and above.
0: So I want to to first comment, there is no such thing as a plain nurse, Rich.
1: I apologize for that. I meant someone who has Especially nowadays where nurses are certainly specialized in many areas, but every nurse is special, especially when they're taking care of me.
0: Yes, there we go. Okay, I want to make that comment first. Um, you had mentioned something earlier about allopathic schools having about 1,000 matriculants that are over 30 and osteopathic schools having about 350. So by by numbers alone, someone would jump to the conclusion that it's better for a non-traditional older applicant to apply to md schools but that's not necessarily the case right there's just no. more md schools to apply to the uh
1: the applicant base for md schools are about 50,000 the applicant base for do schools is under 20,000 yeah. so there's a large difference and When it comes to an applicant-per-seat basis, it is probably more, I'll use the word competitive, to get an osteopathic school than it is to get an allopathic school. That is, there are many more people per seat that are competing in the osteopathic than in the allopathic.
0: Yeah, yeah, and we'll talk about that in a later podcast, the DU versus Mm -hmm. MD. But, uh, okay, so... There really is no such thing as too old for med school. But one of the, the first uh, good arguments that I've heard for training an older medical student is one from a resources point of view. And if, a, if, if you have one medical school, let's just say there's only one medical school in the country, if it's going to train a, a traditional 22-year-old student who after four years of medical school and three years of residency is going to be uh, let's see my math skills twenty-nine. They're gonna practice, let's say, up until 60. There's there's a good 31 years there of working. But if you have an older student, they have less years of good working time. And so from a resource argument, that was one of the first arguments that I heard that that made a little bit more sense. But there's still so many other variables that, that go against that as well. What do you what do you think about that argument?
1: Well, you know, that is not an argument that can be put aside lightly. And part of the mission of medical schools is to train physicians to handle the population. So they can make that. But as you just pointed out, there are many other factors. Not only do we want physicians, we want physicians who may stay and prove in, in the practice. One of the issues that I find with physicians... That we're finding more nowadays is burnout. So, while we like to think that they're going to have a job and stay with practicing clinical medicine for 30 years, they may in fact not. Um, some of the more intensive practices, such as critical care, emergency medicine, have a high physician burnout rate. Now, you also have within an older student who, say, has been a nurse practitioner, you have a proven commitment to medicine, proven patient skills. So, while the educational curve is different in terms of knowledge and content in dealing with people. They have waves of experience above someone who's just starting out fresh. Yeah. Uh, so there's, there's lots of ways to look at it, and it really goes down to, will this person make a good physician that I want to be treated by? That's ultimately what the Medical School Admissions Committee will ask themselves in the end.
0: Yep, I agree. All right, well, I hope that answered that question again. You can find the dedicated blog post for this episode at opmpodcast.com slash two. If you have a question, you want it uh, answered here on the podcast, go to oldpremeds.org and leave a question in the forms and we'll find it if it's interesting. Hopefully they're all interesting. And we'll uh, answer it here on the podcast. If you liked the show today, got a lot of great information, go to podcast dot com slash itunes and leave us a rating and review those are greatly appreciated I like everybody that leaves a rating and review and if you leave a review I get those reviews and I can say thank you on the podcast for those if you are interested in this content and you want more go to meded media m e d e d media dot com for all the shows that we produce. Right now, as we're recording this, there are just two: the medical school headquarters and the OPM podcast, the, the old pre-meds podcast. The medical school headquarters is rebranding. It's going to be called the Pre-Med Years pretty soon. And we're going to talk all about pre med stuff, which is what we already do, but we'll soon be launching a medical school podcast as well. So med-ed media. .com for all of the fun stuff we're working on here at the medical school headquarters including the wonderful Old Premeds podcast. That's a wrap for this week. I hope you join us next week for more great information and questions from oldpremeds.org.